And the father just very clearly spoke to me and he just said, resurrected life. Resurrected life. I wasn't really even so much thinking about him. Or he just spoke like that, resurrected life. And that's what I want to speak about tonight because the message that I had, I was going to just talk about this continuation of love that we've been talking about, but I really just sense not to. Uh, so I'll bring that at some other time because you know, if I've been talking about this whole concept in the morning and I thought, well, I'll, I'll just sort of, you know, I, I speak maybe once a month here and I'll just wash you guys over and give you a wrap-up of what we're talking about. And that's why it's really important that if you are part of this community that you really do go on and have a listen because it's very hard to be in two places at once. Um, I'm not Jesus. And so, you know, but we can be by going on internet and websites and, and as we contend together for what we're saying. Um, I'm almost at the point where it's like, Man, there's just so much food that he's releasing. I just want to consume as much of it as I can. And I love what I heard once uh, when um, David Peter said, you know, the more natural food you eat, the fuller you get. And if you eat the wrong foods, you know. But the more of spiritual food you eat, the hungrier you get. So there's almost this un you know, you, you never get full per se. It's like you can continue to digest on his word and it just seems to come more and more and more alive in us. And so I would encourage you to be a meditator on God's word. It's great at times just to read it, you know, and, and, and I encourage you to do this. It's never either or, it's both and more. But meditate on what you're hearing because God is wanting to bring you and I into a posture and a position of resurrected life. Way more than what any of us have experienced today. It's awesome where we're at today, isn't it? I'm thankful that 14, 15 years ago I had an encounter and I've entered into this resurrected life. But Paul talks about this thing and he says, you know, I want to, I want more. I want to know him more. I want to into into this resurrected power this power and i actually want to have fellowship with his sufferings that's interesting eh? and i mentioned a little bit about that at the camp but i just want to expand on this and i just want to go with what god's saying and so i'm stepping out in faith tonight and i believe he's going to speak through me but john 11 this is 25. This is just Jesus. He said this, I am the resurrection and the life. I am it. I am the resurrection and the life. He says, he who believes in me will never die. Now there's a phenomenal statement just there, isn't it? I am this resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me will never die, even if he dies physically. There is this continuation of life after physical death. We know about this. I don't know whether we have the full reality of it and the full reality of what he's actually saying. Because the more we enter into this actual resurrected life that he died for us to have, the greater the transformation on the inside. The greater of saying things like, I want to have fellowship with your sufferings. I want to live this authentic life out. No matter what it costs, no matter what it looks like, no matter what I'm going to go through, 
I'm going to enter into it and I'm going to allow this process to happen. There is an authentic posture in him. There's an authentic position in him that he is bringing us into as a community. It was great having a talk with Cindy today and and, and the journey she's been on. I was so encouraged to hear another leader going through being dismantled (laughs) And, and broken down and then being put back together again. Coming into more and more of an understanding which creates life. Resurrected life. Do you want a resurrected life? Or do you just want a life that gets by? Do you want to experience everything that God has for you and us as a community? Or do we just want to like, oh, that'll do. Because the Father is the ultimate Father. He's the ultimate Dad. But He's also the most maturest Dad I've ever met. And He looks for a heart. He looks for a hunger. He looks for a person and a community that want Him beyond they want themselves that want Him beyond they want wives and husbands, that want Him beyond children, career, money, all those things. It's called seek first the kingdom reality and my righteousness, and all those things will be added. I'm looking, and He's looking right now for a people who will walk in this authentic position called Christianity. Because I think a lot of the church walks in churchianity, thinking we're in Christianity. But, we do church, we're not, we don't act like we are it. And this is what Cindy was talking about, because that leads just to frustration. That I've had this religious mindset thing, I think I've got to do all these things. And hear me, there are certain things that God asks you to do, being led by Him, but it just, it's a natural expression. There's no heavy burden with it, it's light. See, a cow chews grass because it's a cow. It's so innate, it's so authentic, it knows. No one has to teach the cow. The mother doesn't go, hey, calf, chew grass. It's just a natural expression of the cow. And there's a posture in him like that. Yeah, I've been thinking about this thing, and I'll just, I just want to share some thoughts tonight. And I'm just going to let God speak. I've got no iPad, I'm just going with it. But I've been thinking about this posture because this is part of this resurrected life position. See, Paul says, I want to experience this power because it's the power of God within you that brings you into this reality. That's why the disciples went to the upper room and he said, wait, wait until the power from on high comes on you because you're going to need it to fulfill this call. We cannot live this Christian life out without the power of God. You can't. You'll just enter religious acts. And self-will will take me and you so far before we run out of energy. And it's like, oh, I'm so exhausted. And there is this posture. There is this posture position in Him which the power of God brings you into. A reality that He brings you into which is authentic. I've just been thinking about this thing and and this is part of this whole revelation that we need to come into, but why is it that in our natural family, we are, you know, like, I've heard people say to me, unless I've got something to do in this community, Greg, I don't feel part of it. 
I said, what does that mean? Well, unless I've got a title or a position or doing something, I don't feel part of it. And I went, well, hold on. This is my thing. I went, I was born into the Simnor family. And it's a natural family. Not a spiritual family, a natural family. And I didn't find my identity or being part of this natural family by doing dishes or doing lawns. I didn't go out to my mum and dad and say, hey, mum and dad, you know what? Unless you give me a list of A to Z to do, I don't really feel part of this family. Anyone else? No, no, you know you're part of the family. It's an innate part of you that knows you're connected. Nothing to do with doing anything. So why isn't it the same in spiritual family? Which is way more important than physical family, the Bible teaches us. See, there is this authentic expression that we know in the kingdom of the world, but we don't actually really come into it in the kingdom of God. Because there's this thing in between there called revelation. And the greater the revelation that we have of him actually brings us into a reality that already exists. And this is why Paul said, you know what? Compared to everything I've done in my life, and I've been the man, the Hebrew of Hebrews, all these things, there is nothing that compares... Nothing wrong. In fact, I consider all this a load of garbage and rubbish compared to knowing this guy. So what happened to the man? What happened to Paul? How do you go from one life thinking like this, living like this, being obsessed, trying to kill every person who muttered the name of Jesus, and building your ego and your purpose all on that stuff, and then in a moment in time go... What a muppet. All that I consider absolute garbage compared to knowing you, Christ. See, he's come into this authentic posture that existed right in front of him, but he couldn't see it. Wasn't his reality. Galatians 1, 11, 12 says that this gospel that I have received, speaking of Paul, I've received it not by man taught, but directly by Jesus Christ, via revelation of the Spirit. I've received power from on high, resurrected life. If there's any man that lived out a resurrected life, it's the Apostle Paul. To go from one extreme to the next, there was an engagement, a transition from heaven to earth in him, resurrected power, resurrected life. It's for you and I. Some of you look at me like, what's this guy talking about? And I guess this is why I'm challenging this, because I even saw this in my own life group two weeks ago, when I started talking about we're called to be perfect. Do you realize that? Thank you, Vera. You and I are called to be perfect. It says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I can see everyone ticking this over right now in their minds going, do I believe that? Read scripture. Matthew 5, right at the end of Matthew 5, after Jesus has taken us through the Beatitudes and all these things. I'm just going to read you Ephesians now as well because some of you are really looking at me cross-eyed. Listen to this. Philippians, sorry. 
Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And we're going to just talk a little bit about this tonight. But what I experienced, what I saw, and what the Holy Spirit showed me in that moment in my life group was, was awesome. And it's not negative, it's, it's just a reality that exists. Was that we started talking about this, and I said, well, where's the bar? What are you attaining to? Paul said, I'm reaching for this prize. I'm moving towards a reality of something that I haven't yet grasped, but I'm actually moving towards it. And so I was talking about, well, what is it that we are moving towards? Are we just happy being saved? Just justified? Or are we moving towards something greater? Because Jesus is trying to move us, transform us towards His image and walking in His manner, which is perfection. And what happened as I'm talking about this, and I said, what do people think? I started to hear what was coming forth was people hearing through what I said through, and I'm just going to say this, with an unrenewed mind and starting to speak forth a reality that said, I can't do. That is not attainable. Now, we can't do that absolutely in our own strength. Absolutely. The Bible says with man, things are impossible. With God, anything's possible. And what? was, I don't know what the right word is, if it's scary or not, but it's like, you know, what, what we think, we will speak. And what we speak, speak, we will act out. And this is why discipleship, slightly off topic, is so important. Because I thought, if everybody leaves my home now, there's about three people that understand what I've said and have had their minds renewed in this area. But there's about eight people that haven't had their minds renewed yet and if they leave tonight, they're going with a wrong mindset on this area. And so when you walk with one another, which we'll be doing this week, and contend, there's an opportunity for everybody to be challenged in that, have that thinking redefined, and come into a reality. So now what they think and they speak and they act out is of Him. Does that make sense? It's resurrected life. See, there is a posture and a position that God is leading us into, which is so authentic and so real, and it's 24-7. But it requires a letting go and a coming into, and it definitely requires His power, the power of this resurrected life. Just come with me to Philippians 3. And it starts with intimacy. It starts with knowing Him. Philippians 3, we'll just start at verse 7 because I've given you the context to 1 to, 1 to 6. I love, I love the NASB. I, I'm an advocate for the NASB. It says in the title, The Goal of Life. So just remember that as I'm speaking. The Goal of Life. Okay? In verse 7, this is Paul, he says, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss. All things. He's not some guy that was just living a mediocre life. This guy was, was at the top of his game. 
But all things I'm considering lost of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. It's pretty intense. If there's someone, as I said before, that's modeling a resurrected life because he's experienced something, it's this man. And he writes to us to encourage us. He wrote to the Ephesians church to declare a reality that can be your and my reality. How many people know there are no favorites in the kingdom, but there are those who have favor on their life? Why? Because they participate and allow a process to happen. This man was one of those men. He goes on, he says, Not having a righteousness on my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him again. There's that word, know him. How many people know there is a knowing of and a knowing about? There is a real place that God is trying to bring you and I into because, can I be honest? Some of us think we know Him, but we don't really know Him. But we think we do. We know about Him. And this posture I'm talking about is God wants to bring us to know of Him. He wants to bring us and lead us as a community, as, as individuals, into a place that is so incredible that you look at your past and go, what was I doing before? It's so real and alive in you. It creates passion and purpose and love and energy that is not derived by self-will. It's purely of Him. Because the knowing has been peeled back. That knowing, gnosko, it's an intimacy. It's a stripping back. The word revelation, apocalypsis, means an unveiling, a revealing of. On the revelation of Jesus Christ, I will build my people. Think about that. Who's the head of the church? Jesus. On the revelation of the foundation of the head of the church, the church will be built. The greater the revelation, the knowing of, the greater my life will reflect His. Because in that moment, in that revelation, in that peeling back, something is deposited of Him, which is not of you. It's not of like, you don't have to be this intense follower to get it. It's just a heart, a heart of pursuit, a heart that wants Him more than you want the stuff. And there can be, and I believe by faith there will be, an engagement with Him where you'll come into a knowing and you'll see things, hear things, and walk into, and it brings freedom. You shall know Jesus, the truth. Sometimes we, we, we disassociate all these things with Christ as if they're separate things. You will know Jesus and Jesus will set you free. 
the greater you know Jesus through revelation, knowing of, the greater your freedom. Yeah? And I'm passionate about seeing you and me and the rock coming into an authentic place in Him via the Spirit of God. We can't do it on man-made structures, systems, programs. We do it as we walk with one another and Him and His Word and prayer. I love prayer as the prerequisite for everything. Do we believe? Can we believe for that together? Uh, that's our purpose, sir. Knowing Him. Everything is built on knowing Him. If there was one scripture that I would preach forever, I don't know whether anybody would be sitting here because they'd probably say I'm bored of this, Greg. would be Matthew sixteen eighteen, On the revelation of the Christ, my people will be built. I would just preach that over and over and over and over like Jesus did. Because on the dropping of that, that's why Jesus constantly repeated himself over and over. When that drops, when it hits home, when it hits your heart, when that's revealed, boof, you're off to the races. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have to come back and hear message or that sort of stuff. What I'm saying is there's an activation where you're off. It's just empowered from within. I want to, don't go anywhere until the power from on high comes in you. The Peter before that and the Peter after that is a completely different, not 100% completely, but he's a different person, isn't he? Pre-power, after power. And Paul says this, he says, I want, he says, that I may know him, verse 10, and power of his resurrection. So I want to know him, and I want to know the power and power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death. There's no way you and I are ever going to be conformed to his death without the power. Anyone try killing yourself when you're wired to live? See, we can't die. I can't die to me. It's the focus on him he puts this power which is an enablement resurrected life it's an enablement an empowerment to be able to let go of me and the greater the power the greater the ease that is and he's saying this to us because the man has experienced it he's not speaking about theory paul said i'm never going to speak anything that god hasn't done through me so he's experienced this reality. Fellowship of his sufferings. Whew. We're going to suffer as followers of Jesus in some way or form. For some of us, that might just be the letting go of one and grabbing hold of the new. You know, when God comes, he challenges your finances, let's say. But there's an ultimate posture, suffering, allowing that. And I'm talking about good suffering. I'm not talking about crazy suffering, you know, like God allows things to happen to produce a work in us. It says you're going to have trials and tribulations. You'll go through things. You know what that purpose is for? 
to bring us into this posture I'm talking about. That's what Cindy talked about this morning. God will sometimes take you into the wilderness to deal with you. Because he's trying to do a work that maybe you're not going to do on your own over here. So he's going, well, let's go this way. And it's a type of suffering. But you know what? Suffering releases life, doesn't it? Crushing releases life. Jesus was crushed in the Garden of Gethsemane and you and I are saved because of it. His crushing released life to you and me. When, we are, when self is crushed, it releases life. One, to the person who's being crushed and two, to others around them. To come into, to, oh, he's so, Paul is just so consumed with this, with this man, Jesus. And, and I'm, I'm challenged by these words. The fellowship of his suffering. Man, I love fellowship with my brothers and sisters. I love hanging out and having dinners. I love going to games. I love getting into the word. Enter into their sufferings. But that's what it calls us to do. It says, walk with your brother. Carry one another's burdens. And I've said this before, but as we do that, you know what happens? We can come into the life that comes forth from the burden. I've walked with this man on the front seat over the period of five years. I've, we've walked together. We've contended together. Walked through a burden and had oil being poured on because we walked together. Through his own crushing, I've received something. How phenomenal is that? Because of intimacy of walking together, loving one another as Jesus loves you and I. I'm fascinated that Jesus had a Judas. Think about that. Why does the father pick a Judas who he knows is going to deceive his boy? Gee, that's not love, is it? Jesus doesn't walk away from Judas. Judas walks away from him. And Jesus says, friend, do what you've come to do. See, we've got to get into our heads that we ain't to walk away, we're to walk to. When things get hard, we walk to. People who walk in resurrected life walk to, not away. Because we have a disagreement, or I don't believe your theology, or that theology, or whatever, or you never invited me to your party, or you never said hi to me at the door. What? Resurrected life walks together. Because we're on a purpose of something far greater. And God's looking for the appropriation of something in His church. The manifold wisdom of God, the nature of God expressed upon the earth. But I'm telling you, you and I need resurrected power, life, to be able to live this out. And then Paul says in verse 11, I love it, he says, been conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, which Revelation talks about, which we haven't got time to go into tonight, but we will at some stage. Because, you see, when you start putting this all into context, he's seeing things and these things align. Know him, power of his resurrection, fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death in order that I may obtain to something. What's the macro purpose of the Father? What's his macro? I'm sick and tired of hearing about individual destinies, to be honest. 
What's the Father's destiny? What's His plan? And how does my life fit into His plan? I find my individual destiny when I find His plan. It's defined by His plan. If I'm looking for my own thing, it's still rooted in self. And it will lead me down a pathway. I'm defined by finding the macro plan and then fitting my life into that. I didn't go, you know what, guys? I'm going to be senior leader of the walk. Woohoo! I found him and he started to find what my life started to look like. I didn't go looking for it somewhere else. I found it in him. That's why knowing him is vital because you know him, you know who you are. But while we continue to preach these messages about you've got an individual destiny that you're looking for and everybody's looking for it under chairs and everything else, go, read the Bible. It's in the flipping Bible. I'll tell you what it is. And we've been communicating this to our community. It's not lost. It's contained in him. Paul saw it. He's moving towards it. And he's declaring it in his word. And then he says this. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Don't you like that? I press on so that I may lay hold of I haven't laid hold of it yet. I'm after more of knowing him, the resurrection of his fellowship, the um, power of his resurrection. I lay hold of that for which I was also laid hold of. You've been laid hold of. He's laid hold of your life for something so amazing, so great that's contained in him. I don't want to just exist, do you? I want to live this resurrected life. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. He continues to repeat himself, doesn't he? But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Don't you love that? Forgetting what lies behind. I reach forward. I press forward to what lies ahead. Someone needs to hear that tonight. Stop going back to stuff. It's dealt with gone. Don't allow the enemy and yourself to bring it back up. It's gone. Look ahead. Look ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I love this. The first 15. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if anything, you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. <laughs> when you seek him, God will reveal it to you. God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard for which we have obtained. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. He's declaring a reality to the church. He's seen it. See, sight isn't, I'm not talking about physical sight, I'm talking about sight from your heart. I'm talking about revelation where God reveals into your heart and sight, you see it. 
The mind is restored. You see it and you can declare it. He's declaring something he's seen. And he's saying, let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if anything, if anyone has a different attitude, God will reveal that also. Seek him. Seek him. God will bring us all into a reality. Seek him. Join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. He wants us all to walk in this life that... Now, when I say blessed, I'm not talking about driving around in a Ferrari and having a million bucks in your pocket and, you know, having a flash wife on your hip or husband and having a body that looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever. I'm talking about a life that is being transformed through him. I'm talking about a life that is whole, a life that is, 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 is coming more and more into freedom, a life that, that expresses itself, that is pumping forth love and mercy and grace and, and life and wisdom. And there is this posture, this position that God is leading you and I into. It's a resurrected life position. It's one mind, one purpose, one heart, one spirit, and one covenant. Lord, I, um, I thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you're doing this work in us, changing the way we think, changing heart postures and attitude. You're working you in us to appropriate you. I thank you, Lord, that you said love you and a new commandment, love one another as I've loved. And I pray that the work that you're doing here would just continue and go tenfold forward. I pray there'd be such an authentic community here at the Rock. Authentic relationships would be developed. Authentic discipleship would be in play. And that we would be known for the people of you that a world would look at these people called followers of Jesus, the rock us, and would know that you were sent for them because of the life in which we are engaging in. And Lord, I pray for faith. I pray for the release of faith. I pray that you would somehow by your spirit just block wrong mindsets right now that maybe don't believe what they've heard or think I can never attain that. That can never be my reality. Lord, I just bind those words now by your spirit and I loosen faith and I loosen this language of the kingdom, of praise, of yes, with you anything's possible to the power that lives within Anything is possible 
Father, you can do anything in us and through us. It's not us that do it, it's you that do it. And so, Lord, I pray for faith and courage and boldness and risk that we would move towards you and dare to believe, dare to believe what we've heard tonight. And I pray for your resurrected power as we walk with one another, as we spend time with you, whatever that looks like. And I pray for transformation. 